0: Um, If you could open your Bibles to the book of Luke, uh, we are in chapter 8, verse 22. It was great to have uh, Greg Kassim with us last week. He is always a treat, and I won't tell you to shut up. And if you don't know what that is, you'll have to listen to the the message from last week. Uh, But we're in Luke chapter 8, continuing our series, and um, this is a very well-known passage that we're reading today. Um, But I do pray that God is going to speak to all of us. The title for my message, and actually the title for next week's message, and the title for the week, uh, the message in in three, four weeks' time is Lord of All, Jesus, Lord of All. We're going to take a very different turn to that next week, but we're going to look at that topic in this passage today. As we've been preaching through the book of Luke, our desire is to showcase Jesus jesus is the central figure of the whole bible he's the central figure of our faith And uh, as we reach today's passage, something of the true identity of Jesus, not what other people say of him, but who he really is, comes shining through. We're going to see that in just a moment. Uh, Up to this point in Luke's gospel, there's been many different uh, people calling Jesus various things, rabbi, teacher, prophet, uh, uh, friend of sinners. People have had all sorts of uh, tags that they would put on Jesus, but today we're going to see Jesus, as he really is, in the pages of Luke, and at one point uh, in our story today, in the account that we're looking at, the disciples at one point exclaim about Jesus. They say this in the NLT translation: "Who is this man? Who is this? We, there's this man in the boat, but who is he really?" And and they have this sudden. Uh, um, breakthrough revelation that this is not just a man. They said, who is this man? They asked each other. He gives a command and the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Who do the wind and the waves obey? And so we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But I was thinking that this question, who is Jesus? Who is this man? Is essentially the same question that every person who's alive has to answer at some point in their lives. And that's the reason why we're running Alpha. And and we so badly want you to invite your unsafe friends on Alpha because every person has to answer the question, who is Jesus? And they also have to answer the follow-up question, who is Jesus and what does that mean for my life? You see, right now, if we were to drive down the road to the Galleria or to any other shopping area, There are people going about their business, aren't there? They're very busy. They're doing their things right now. There are sports fields. There are beaches. There are beds, no doubt, even at 10 o'clock still in the morning. There are malls filled with people doing their things. There are people who are living as if Jesus was just a man in history, and maybe they think, Something good of him. Maybe they think, well, he was a great teacher, or he was, he was quite an impressive leader, or maybe even he was a miracle worker. They might believe that. But they are living as though his life and who he is has no relevance for their lives. But he does. And just like the disciples asked this question, who, who is this man? Every single person on the planet is one day going to have to answer that question. Who is this man? And what did I do with what I knew about who he was? And so I pray that as we look at this encounter that the disciples had with Jesus in a boat, that in this encounter, Jesus would reveal to you and I afresh. And if you're a believer today, I hope it would be afresh. And if you've never believed in Jesus, I hope that you would see who Jesus is according to the Bible. You see, in today's passage, Jesus isn't, it's not what other people are saying about Jesus. It's who Jesus is showing himself to be. And he's not showing himself as a teacher. He doesn't say much. He actually says, I think, only four words. He's not a great philosopher. He's not a healer. He doesn't heal anyone today. But today we're going to see that he is Lord of all creation. He is Lord of all creation. He is the one person who walked the planet that the wind and the waves do whatever he says. And so as we read, as we meditate on our passage of Scripture this morning, I really pray you'd see Jesus in all his glory, the Jesus that we sang so gloriously about earlier. And then we'd get to the second question. We'd not just see Jesus, but we'd get to the second question where we consider what does this mean for my life? And if you're a believer in Jesus, I really pray that this is going to help you today because you mustn't just believe something about Jesus, but it has no connection to your life. What you believe about Jesus should impact your life. And if you don't yet know Jesus, I pray that today you'd walk out and you know Jesus because you've, you've given your life to him. Amen. So let's read a short but well-known passage in the ESV. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. That's gonna be important later. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water. The, the boat was filling with water, and they were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind. Mark tells us he stood up. Rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. They stopped. And there was calm and he said to them, "Where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled saying to one another, "Who then is this that commands that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. My first point this morning is that it's important for us to be in awe of the right thing. It's important that we're in awe of the right thing. Mark's account of this incident ends at the end of his telling of the incident. Mark says this in Mark chapter four, verse 41. They were afraid at one point, and then it ends, and it says, at the end of the story, and they were filled, once Jesus had calmed the storm, it then says, they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, at the start of this incident, in the boat, as Jesus falls asleep and as the wind and the waves start up, the disciples are getting afraid. They're afraid because they're in a dangerous situation that Luke tells us, the the doctor isn't looking at the waves, He's, he doesn't care about waves. As long as waves are outside the boat, Luke's fine, but waves are in the boat and therefore boat might sink. That's what Luke the doctor, that's his seafaring knowledge. Waves are supposed to be outside, waves are inside, problem. Now all of us have been in situations like this where there's, you may be not the expert, just imagine a situation where you're not the expert, you're relying on someone else, they're the expert. Maybe you're on a mountain, maybe you're hiking, Maybe Gareth's leading the hike, and you're in a situation, and Gareth's looking afraid. Does that make you look, feel good or bad, huh? Or maybe you're in a little airplane, one of those airplanes where there isn't a door between you and the pilot, and you see the pilot going, eating his nails because there's this thing that's flashing on the dash. When the person who shouldn't be afraid is afraid, then you get afraid, right? So if Matthew, the tax collector, was looking at the waves and going, <laughs> or if Luke the doctor was, was injecting himself you know, with painkillers, I wouldn't be too worried. But when the fishermen are saying this is a problem, then I'm, then I'm worried too. Because when a fisherman's going, oh, then you must also go. Oh. So these fishermen that Jesus had called to be his disciples, they were afraid. So there was a problem here. So it says that they were all afraid with what was happening. There's water coming over the sides, and the boat is threatened to sink. But this isn't how the story ends. Because Mark tells us that at the end of the story, the thing that they're afraid at is not the thing that they were afraid at. You see, the water suddenly calmed, and the wind went down at the command of Jesus, And then Mark says, they weren't just afraid. They were very afraid. So they got more afraid as the situation calmed down. Hmm. Isn't that a bit perplexing? You'd think that they'd calm down because the waves have calmed down. But Mark doesn't say that. Mark says, no, they were more afraid at the end. You see, they were no longer afraid of the water and the wind, but they were in trembling awe saying, Who is this really that's in this boat? Who is in front of me right now? Who just spoke and those winds and waves stopped. You see, the one who was in front of them wasn't just a prophet or a preacher or a healer suddenly. They realized what we've just witnessed could only be done by God alone. that's, That's really what's going on here. The one who one day when there was no light just said, let there be light, boom and there's light, is in, is in this boat. The one who just spoke to the Red Sea and said, make a path in the Red Sea, and there's a path in the Red Sea. That's who's in the boat with them. And they are in trembling, shivering fear because of that. I want to ask you today, what are you afraid of right now? There's lots of things in South Africa that we can be afraid of. There's more than enough. Evidence or circumstance, what fearful situations face you? Are you more afraid? Are you more aware of those threatening circumstances? Are you or are you more aware of who it is that is with you? Are you more aware of the circumstance or are you more aware of who is with you? Brothers and sisters, all of us, I don't think you'd be human if you didn't experience situations where you feel anxiety, where you feel stress, fear. I I, I feel that too. I'm not standing up here as someone who doesn't experience what you experience. I'm I'm with you in this. Got the T-shirt. There are times when I'm not in control of something. In fact, I'm hardly ever in control. Or when I don't understand or I can't see the way forward. And those are the times when I get fearful Stop sleeping at night. Are you like me? But when we're in fearful situations, that is when we need faith. You see, it's in those very situations when we need to see who it is who is in this storm with us right now. That's when you need to see Jesus for who he really is. Those very situations which are challenging to us are the very situations when we need to see Jesus more clearly and we need to be more in awe of who he is, where we need to be more in awe of God than in awe of our circumstances. Oh, that we would become more in awe of God because it is awe that fuels our faith and it is awe that honors God for who he really is you don't need faith unless you're tempted to fear something I often say to people you know but I just can't see that's when you need faith you don't need faith until you can't see or you can't understand or you you're afraid that's when you need faith so may our fears be our trigger for faith when you're feeling afraid, that should be like a reminder. This is the moment for faith. And then you need to see Jesus in your boat. So what is your storm right now? I want to just challenge you. Are, you. are you looking more at those wind and waves? Or are you aware of who's right there with you? Who's Emmanuel? Jesus. Are you fixated about who he is? Can you see him right now in it with you? Do you see him as he really is? Because if you do, you'll become more in awe of him. They were in trembling fear of Jesus at the end of the story because they realized who he really was. And they're about to go and do some amazing things because they find out who Jesus really is. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is Lord of all. And so I can say with utter confidence, without knowing, I haven't interviewed you, I haven't asked you what you're going through, but I can tell you Jesus is Lord of that. There is not one inch on planet earth over which he doesn't say this is mine and I'm in control. He is Lord of all. And he is with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hebrews 13 verse five. Underline that till it comes out at the back of your Bible. I will never leave you. I'm Emmanuel, God with you. I'm right here with you. So brothers and sisters, as life sometimes gets really loud and really large, that's when we need to say, Jesus, I need to see you and I need to hear you right now where I am. You don't need it to stop. This storm stopped. You just need to see him right there with you. So for some of us today, I believe what we need to pray is, Lord, help me to see, help me to believe that you really are the Lord of even this. You're the Lord of all creation. Because you're the Lord of all creation, you're Lord of this thing. And help me to see that you're with me right now. I'll pray for you at the end. Secondly, from this passage, let's look at verse 22. We need to believe jesus words to us as we've seen when we face storms we need to see who jesus is but another thing that will really help us when we're facing storms in life is to remember what jesus has said to us i want you to note that jesus said to his disciples in verse 22 he said something to them and by implication he said something that wasn't going to happen This is what Jesus said in verse 22. Read it with me. Let us go across to the other side of the lake. Let's just read it again. Jesus said, let us go across to the other side of the lake. Notice Jesus didn't say, today we die. As they got in the boat, just imagine Jesus, hey guys, today we're dying, I thought I'd let you know. He didn't say, you're drowning today, you're going to go to be with the fishies. He said, we're going to the other side. That's what he said. So he had said something to them. So when the wind and the waves came, did that get erased? When Jesus says, let there be light, guess what happens? There's light. When he says, we're going to the other side, guess what happens? You're going to the other side, you're not going down. Jesus didn't say, you will drown today. And so the disciples' fear, their lack of faith in the boat was rooted in two things. One, they had lost sight of, or they hadn't yet seen, who he really was, God. Second, they hadn't believed what he had said to them. I said, we're going to the other side. I didn't say we're going down. Brothers and sisters, there are such things as general promises to all of us. If you're a believer in Jesus, there are general things. There are general promises that God has spoken to all of us. They're in your Bible. God's spoken over us. There are general promises. They're yours if you're a believer in Jesus. Like Jesus has said to all of us, follow me. You don't need to even hear him say to you, you need to follow me because he said to all of us. But it's true for you too. Does that make sense? So there are general things that are in the Bible and you can claim them as yours because God said them to us. Those are general things that God said to us. But then there are also specific promises that God speaks to us. Sometimes it might be a word of knowledge in a meeting or a prophetic word. It might be you're reading your Bible and God impresses it to you. It might be something that's happened. It might be an event and God speaks to you through that event. So one day, Nadine, God's told all of us to follow, follow him. But one day when Nadine and I were praying about what was gonna happen next in our life, we were praying about how, what it looks like to follow you, Jesus. We know we must follow you. We, we are following you. But then one day, God gave Nadine a prophetic picture. And she had said, do you want to know some story about Nadine? When we were going out, after going out for about three years, we courted for six years. After about three years or so, she's, she's the daughter of a pastor. And I started speaking about God's plan for my life because God had spoken a specific word over me. And she said, "Ah, I am not going to be a pastor's wife babe, look at you now. (laughs) But at the time when I I said, well, then we've got to break up. I'm a pretty simple guy. Well, if I'm going to be a pastor and you're not a pastor's wife, then we're not meant to be together. And so we broke up. It was a crisis in our youth because we were involved in leading the youth. They were like, how can you break up? We thought you were together. And God told me never to raise that again with her. We got back together after one week. Because oh. <laughs> the guy discipling me said, hey, bro, don't you love her? It's like, of course I love her. Well, stop being an idiot. Just zip your mouth. And just, and God said to me, you just leave that thing to me. So I did. That's the amazing thing in the story, actually, that I actually did. I left it to God, and one day, we were just in church, and the leader of the church that we were in in Cape Town came to us after church and said, I need to see you on Thursday about something really important. I need to, I need to share it with you. And Nadine said, no, uh, you'll tell us now. And if you know Nadine, she's not like that. And I'd like, I nearly got whiplash looking around at her. And next minute, he told us that he wanted us to pray about coming and leading you guys. And I felt, yes, I know this is God, but God, remember that thing a few years ago? You said you'd speak? Guess who spoke to Nadine in a dream and gave her a picture of a shoe walking on our grass in our uh, house in Cape Town. And as the shoe came up, all the grass got stuck on the bottom of the shoe. And God said to Nadine, I'm uprooting you. And that's why we're here. Not because God spoke to me. Whenever it's hard, I remind God, he never spoke to me about coming here. (laughs) but God spoke to Nadine. Why do I tell you that? That was a specific word, so we knew what we needed to do. Does that make sense? So sometimes God speaks to you generally because God's spoken to all of us, but then God will also speak specifically to you. So there are always general things, and those things are really important, both the general and the specific. They're really important to hold on to. those things when the wind and the waves are blowing. Those things are really important. Just like for the disciples, if they'd remembered Jesus said, imagine if one of them had just said, hey, but didn't he say we're going to the other side? But no one did, not according to what what we know. So I want to ask you this morning, what has God said to us generally in Scripture or as a church that you really need to remember today? because the wind and the waves in your life are, are, are big and you need to see Jesus again, but you also need to remember what God said. Like, I just don't feel like God's with me. Yeah, but the problem is the Bible specifically says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you're gonna listen to your feelings or you're gonna listen to scripture. True story? Sometimes the very thing that you just need to do is open your Bible and see what God has said to you already. Because the crisis is because you're not remembering what God has said to you. Maybe you need to remember what God has said to you specifically, and maybe it's just not working out the way or in the time that you thought it should happen. Brothers and sisters, this this passage, I believe, we we have this story because no one remembered that Jesus said, "I'm going to the other. We're going to the other side." I want to remind you of a promise that you can you can take for yourself. This was said to all of us, it was said through the prophet Isaiah. It's Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. I think it's gonna be on the screen, yeah. God says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and they don't return without watering the earth, but they make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sown bread to the eater. So shall my word be, that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. When God has said something, it is irrevocable. It can't be turned around. And there's another verse that you can you can look up for yourself. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it says this. All God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus. (laughs) All God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus. So just see Jesus and remember what he said to you. Amen? Don't you think this is a good reason to read the Bible every day with your brothers and sisters reminding each other what God has said to us? You will not grow Christian. You will not have faith in the moments you need to have it if you don't know your Bible. You just won't. There isn't an app that'll help you. Instagram won't help you. You need to know your Bible. And you will not, it's not a spiritual gift. If if knowing your Bible is a spiritual gift, then there would be a long queue. just say, just pray for me for as well, download, download, download. No, there's no way to know your Bible except to read your Bible. Brothers and sisters, they got into this pickle because no one remembered what Jesus had said. What pickle are you in? And God's spoken to you. It's in the Bible, but you just don't read it. May our community groups, may our trios, may our friendships be filled with scripture, reminding one another what God has said. Won't that change the circumstances? Won't that change how we see them? I wanna encourage you. And if you don't journal yet, I'm often saying to people in significant moments in their life, Do you journal? Do you have a journal? And then, then they look at me going, No? Trying to look like they know what I'm talking about, but not let on that they don't. Do you have a little book that you just write in when God does significant things? God did significant things on the camp, hey? A Matle, is that right? Huh? Did you write it? I don't have to answer. Did you write it down? I want to encourage you to write down those things when God does stuff. Why, why can I remember what God said to Nadine? Because he wrote it down. I want to encourage you to write stuff down that God's spoken to you. Or write down your questions or write down your prayers to God. You don't have to write a diary. It's not like dear diary. But write down significant things that God's spoken to you. Do you know that I've got my, my journals from when I was 15 years old from when God told me that he was going to use me to lead a church one day? Still got them old A4 books. In writing, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough having a teacher as a wife, eh? The big idea is: imagine how different the story might have been if the disciples had just believed that Jesus said, "We're going to the other side." What are you forgetting to remember that God has said to us? Generally, in Scripture what God has said to you specifically. Thirdly and finally, just wanna ask this question. So Jesus is Lord of all and he's spoken some stuff to us. They needed to see both those things in this moment because Jesus said, why, 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 why are you so struggling with your faith? But we're like that, aren't we? We like these disciples. We actually think Jesus is being a bit harsh. You know, Jesus said, you see the waves and the wind. But the thing is, they'd, they'd lost sight of who he was, and they'd lost sight of what he had said. And that's us. But let's thirdly look at what Jesus being Lord of all means for us. So it says in verse 25, And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. <clears throat> Here in the boat, Jesus demonstrated that he wasn't just a healer, he wasn't just a prophet, he wasn't just a a great preacher, but he was the Lord of all creation. And what that means is that there is nothing and there is no one in all creation over which Jesus isn't in total authority. Colossians tells us, I don't have a slide for this, but... Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 17 is such an amazing passage of scripture. It it, it paints this picture of Jesus being in control of everything. Colossians chapter 1, let me just read it to you. It says, He that's Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. Everything was made by Jesus. In heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, say all things, all things were created through him and for him. And then it says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Brother and sister, I don't know what you're facing, but I know that Jesus made all things, and in him all things hold together. Your Savior is more amazing than you've ever thought. I love how Jesus without, that's Colossians chapter one, verses 15 to 17. Some of the most amazing passages of scripture. I love if we come back to our story, how without any drama, Jesus transitions. Yesterday I had an afternoon sleep and Nadine came in and said, man, you really looked like you'd been asleep when you woke up. Do you, do you, have you seen someone like that? They're like, were you sleeping? No. huh? Jesus goes from a deep sleep. He must have been in deep sleep because there's a, there's a storm going on that's enough to frighten fishermen, and Jesus is just sleeping through it. And then suddenly transitions from deep sleep, and he just stands up and rebukes the storm. Like, yeah, that's what you do. Mark says this, Jesus stood up and just said, peace, be still. That's all he said. I don't even think he shouted it. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. You see, real authority doesn't even have to raise its voice. Someone who's not an authority has to try and ramp up the volume. But someone who's really an authority can just speak with a soft voice. So what does this mean for you that Jesus is in total authority of everything? I thought of four things straight away. Firstly, you and I can and we should believe that there is nothing that you're experiencing that is outside of Jesus' control and power. There is nothing you're experiencing or can ever experience that is outside of his control and his power. verse comes to mind greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world so secondly that means because of the first one you can have faith and not fear if you see who jesus is and you believe what he has said to you as a believer generally or specifically you can believe you can have faith and not fear thirdly If you cannot see how this fits into, you said we're going to the other side, now we're having a storm. I don't get it, Jesus. Well, what you didn't get is that I'm about to show you who I really am. But if you can't see or you can't understand how whatever's happening in your life fits into your life, then what should you do? What you should do is trust God and obey what he's told you to do. But I don't understand. That's great. Trust and obey. I don't understand. Great, trust and obey. If you come to me and you say you don't understand, I'm gonna say to you, trust and obey. Because when you can't see, that's when you need to trust, right? And I absolutely, I was sharing this with one of you guys this week, this verse in Deuteronomy. I love this verse. When you can't understand, you can't see, it says this, the secret things belong to the Lord. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. So there are some things that's telling you there's some things you're not going to know because they don't belong to you. But I don't understand. Trust and obey because maybe it's a secret thing. Some things God hasn't revealed to you. You're never going to get it because he hasn't decided to show you. But the things that he has revealed, the things you do know, like you do know he's Lord of all, and you do know what he said to you, generally and specifically, and you do know what he's promised to you, and you do know that all the promises are yes and amen in Jesus. You do know those things. The things that he has revealed to you is enough for you to obey what he's told you to do. Can you see how it finishes? He's given you enough for you to obey him. Trust and obey him. He's given you enough. Don't sit there thinking, well, when I get more information, I will obey. No. Some things are secret. Some things are revealed. But what he's revealed is enough for you to trust and obey him. Amen? And lastly, I was just thinking about these disciples, thinking they were going to die. And I, I would have been there too. I would have thought I was dying. I'm a good swimmer, but not that good. When you're in that situation, when the wind is blowing and the waves are blowing, and you've lost sight of Jesus and you've lost sight of what he said to you, I think it's also helpful to remember that God has a plan for you. Because if I think about it, on the other side of this storm, some amazing things were about to happen in these disciples' lives. They were about to land on the shore on the other side and this raging demonized man that we're gonna hear about soon gets set free and 2,000 pigs get thrown into the sea and this man becomes probably the greatest evangelist in the New Testament. That was about to happen. The other thing that was about to happen is Jesus is going to raise a girl from death to life and a lady who's had an issue that doctors haven't been able to solve for 12 years is suddenly going to be solved. They were about to get sent out as the 12 disciples sent by Jesus with his authority to heal and to, and to deliver people from demons. They were about to see 5,000 people fed with just a few loaves and fishes. They were not about to die. God knows what's around the corner. These disciples thought that they were gonna die, but Jesus knew all he was about to do in and through them. And I wanna say to you, when life feels really windy and stormy and you're battling to see God, another thing that you should do is remember that on the other side of trusting and obeying are some amazing things that I'm gonna see in God and do for God there's if you haven't what someone said if you don't understand then it's just you're not at the end of the story yet there's more to come God's writing more in your story and if you just trust and obey him that's how you get to the more and so I want to encourage you to really hold on to that